horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right, get locked and loaded, get tied on, because we are breaking from the gate with some of the biggest Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Oaks preps coming up on Saturday. It's going to be huge, as some guys like to say, and uh, luckily I'm bringing in two excellent handicappers, well-respected nationally. First out of the gate, from the West Coast, my eyes and ears for the races at Santa Anita, none other than award-winning writer Jay Privman. Uh, you know, this guy has had to put an extension on his mantle just to put the trophies up for all the national turf writing awards that he has won. You also see him on national television quite a bit. It's a great interview always calm under pressure and uh, Jay has been closely following the horses uh, leading up the derby of course uh, he does his derby watch I believe I got to ask him about this this is his 20th year with Mike Watchmaker doing the derby watch and uh, so he stays on top of the races on both coasts but I'm going to rely on Jay mostly for uh, his looks at the big races on the west coast of course the biggest is going to be the Santa Anita Derby, grade one, million dollars. Last year, the horse they thought would be king until he bobbled at the start of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and that's Bolt Oro. And there will be no McKenzie in the field to bump with all the way down the stretch. Uh, but instead, he's running into a young up-and-comer, Justify. Justify, a scat daddy colt who was born in March, has, did not race as a two-year-old, and should he win the Kentucky Derby, he would break the curse of Apollo, the last horse to win the Kentucky Derby without a race as a two-year-old, and you got to turn the clock back to 1882 there. And then we will take a look at the Santa Anita Oaks, that field a little more wide open. It looks like Mike Smith's doing his uh, Oaks and Derby shopping. He's going to be aboard Midnight Basu. We'll see who Jay likes there. And then uh, my man who runs horse tourneys, communications director, Eric Wing. He's a regular here on Winning Ponies. And uh, he's going to tackle quite a few races. I've given him a lot of homework to do. We're going from Keeneland to Aqueduct, uh back to Keeneland, back to Aqueduct. So uh, it should be interesting. All of those races, significant derby and Oaks preps. Now, I dropped the name, Winning Ponies. I hope you're listening, especially as we close in on these big race days. Remember, there's going to be big pools, so you can make a monster bet if you want. It's just going to blend in because so many people are going to be betting into these pools. Hope you pulled down the easy win forms just today, okay? Uh, out at Santa Anita. In race six, a $1 Super 5 paid 3690 Then we go to Gulfstream today where we had a dynamic duo hit, a $1 Super High 5 in the sixth that paid 2420 And uh, you had, uh, and, and if you played the, uh, the pick six, races three through eight, 
nailed a $2 pick six. Had some favorites in there, but hey, if you saw $2,300 lying on the floor, would you bend over and pick it up? You can. And the way you can do that is by going to Winning Ponies and picking up your easy win forms. Well, like I said, I dropped the name Keeneland, and it's going to be interesting. Every track I named, I believe, has the prediction of rain. Keeneland has the prediction, potentially, the night before the bluegrass of six inches of snow. You know, you can never predict this stuff, but uh, the forecast is saying it could be a dusting, could be six inches or more Friday night into Saturday morning. Uh, they've already pushed back the time that they're going to allow patrons uh, to come into the track by an hour. Uh, and so they can have their maintenance staff ready to clear off snow. They're also very concerned, according to Bob Elliston, about uh, you know people traveling to there and trying to get there in a hurry when the snow hasn't been off the highways and the main roads re- leading to Keeneland. So uh, they've, they've pushed it back, and they just hope that they can get an accurate uh, thing. So they are adjusting the morning schedule to allow more time to prepare. Of course, this is opening weekend at Keeneland. Hope it's on your bucket list, but most people who like courses have been there. These guys do such a great job at marketing. In the old days, they just opened up the gates and you came in. Uh, but now, uh, you know, uh, Amy Gregory and her staff do such a great job uh, putting together, uh, you know, events every single weekend and even during the weekdays. Now, the sunside, Sunrise Trackside Saturday is going to be canceled because of the snow, but usually that's a nice breakfast with the works. And, uh, you know, they always have great demonstrations in the paddock. And uh, it's just a fantastic thing. It's a great thing to bring the kids to. Uh, there's also official Keeneland tours uh, that take place during the season. Uh, they got uh, po- go forward to Sunday, the April 15th, the Kids Club Day. Uh, and then hopefully, if everything clears out by Sunday, uh, you're going to be able to meet. They put out a great big long table with some of the best jockeys uh not only that are competing at the meet but uh you know great former jockeys that are still in the central kentucky area uh come together uh benefiting the pdjf uh you can bring a hat purchase a poster do whatever you want and then just go down and every single jockey will meet and greet you it's pretty cool so it's opening weekend at keeneland let's hope they get it off with a somewhat dry track well time to go to the graveyard folks hazel park michigan's last thoroughbred track officially closes they started racing back in 1949 so it's been 69 years that they've been operating in michigan what's weird is they were scheduled to open for training today for opening day may 4th but all of a sudden it's closed um they're talking to you know putting out things you know our heart felt appreciation to the community well it seems to me they might have known by now that this was going to happen but it's uh they've already had the hbpa that the property sold and the horses have until april 15th to vacate the barn area uh there are people that were working at the track saying they were getting sawdust in there or they were you know cleaning up everything as far as anybody that was working there uh they spent the last 30 days getting the barn area ready so hazel park gone but not forgotten okay the santa anita derby 
mentioned it earlier. This horse, Justify, worked in company with grade one winner Hopportunity the other day. Six furlong move in 113 and one. Justify is looking awesome in the mornings and his only two career starts he looked awesome and uh, we are going to uh, be tapping our man uh, Jay Privman to let us know his thoughts on him I did kind of peek at his interview with watchmaker so I got an idea where he's going to go again sad to say McKinsey won't be there but uh, Justify uh, looked great they they showed his workouts uh, it was Monday at 7.45. His races were awesome. Uh, is he a freak or has he peaked? We don't know, but that's why we got Jay on the phone is to ask him that. Now, the reasons why McKenzie missed the Santa Anita Derby, there seems to be a little bit of cloud of doubt, but uh, looked like he had a little bit of a hitch in his get-along, but they went over him with a fine-tooth comb and couldn't find anything. The x-rays were clean, uh, but then the nuclear scanned him and something came up high. I don't know what the heck that means, but a horse with his potential down the road, why push him? Especially a guy like Bob Baffert, who's Got a few horses in the barn. Of course, they'll be going up against Bolt Oro, who put in a strong final drill for that Santa Anita Derby uh, under uh, jockey Agapito Del Guillo. And that was on April Fool's Day in company with a stablemate, uh, the uh, son of Medaglia Di Oro. Hit the wire at 101 and 1 and had a great gallop out with powerful try strides from everything i'm hearing from uh from the reports out west so uh we'll be looking forward to that matchup and down the road we'll be looking up for uh some horses coming over from europe how about Grandkowski? the new england people are going to be all over this horse uh he got in the kentucky derby now he's been racing on synthetic and uh but his connections really feel uh jerry noseda uh his trainer says We've had this dream forever, and now the dream's alive. We are going to Churchill Downs. They're going to come to Kentucky. It'll be interesting to see if they go to Keeneland or Churchill. At Keeneland, they have the option to train on the lower track, which is poly track, or the main track, which is dirt. And a lot of people have been doing that in recent years. Uh, but uh, anyhow, he uh, he won his last race, settling in near the back of the pack. It was a field of 10 with a quarter mile remaining. Jockey Jamie Spencer asked him to move, and move he did. It was a pretty impressive performance. So Gronk will be going to post. Okay, the world's second richest race, the Dubai World Cup at $10 million. Hope you saw it. Thunder Snow was awesome. Uh, you know, uh, he, he uh, just blew him away. What can I say? You know, West Coast, the American horse was somewhat of a favorite. Uh, he had a break from the outside, but uh, man, uh, all I could say is Thunder Snow just kicked out and looked great. Also, the other horse, I'm going to have to ask Jay about this one, Mendelssohn. His prep race looks like he might be coming over from the Aiden O'Brien barn. He was very, very impressive in his last race over in Europe. Uh, mind your biscuits. Rally to repeat in the Golden Shanine. Of course, uh, XY Jet didn't have a great start and got caught. Real quick, don't have a whole lot of time to go over last week's results. We had Bob Montgomery, uh, the championship handicap winner, with a minute left. We're looking at the Florida Derby Audible. Got the call from Johnny V and didn't disappoint. And uh, 
seems to be getting faster every start. Be interesting to see where Audible, uh, where Johnny V lands, whether it's on Audible. Uh, in the second spot in there was Hoffberg, who was Bob Montgomery's long shot. Then the uh, Hardacre Mile, the debut of Always Dreamy as a four-year-old. Going wire to wire, it was Conquest Big E in the upset. In the Honey Fox for Phillies and Mares in a blanket finish. Lull got up, had some good speed, went wire to wire. Then in the Gulfstream Park Oaks, it was Coach Rocks. Dale Roman's trainee came back late in the stretch and got the job done over Take Charge Paula that everybody thought was the winner. And the last race we handicapped last week was the Pan American. The winner in there, High Happy. Bob Montgomery, our guest handicapper, gave us that one. Of course, you, people were listening, went off at 2-1. to one. All right, that's a look at national news. That's a look at last week's races. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, one of my favorite guests from the West Coast is Jay Privman. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And with me, a multiple award-winning journalist, writer, uh, you can see him on television. Uh, you can listen to him with his tay-to-tay with Mike Watchmaker, none other than Jay Privman. Jay, how does this day find you? Good, John. How are you? I- I'm cold. It's it's nasty uh, here, and I, I I you know, in the sake of transparency, I have to say I listened to you and Mike yesterday and took some notes down. And uh, it looks like it might be pretty crappy weather at most of the tracks we're going to look at this weekend. 
But, yeah, it sounds like Keeneland's going to have really, really bad weather uh, for Saturday. Um, sounds like it's going to rain at, potentially at uh, uh, at Aqueduct. The forecast for Santa Anita is a little more encouraging. The percentage of chance of rain has decreased as the week has progressed. And um, at the moment, it sounds like it's going to rain Saturday, but it might not even arrive until after the big races are run. So that that would be a pretty good scenario. Absolutely. So I, I can don't have to keep looking at those wet lines in my daily racing form PPs. Now, before we get uh, to, to the West Coast, uh, of which you just wrote a really nice story that was in the form that the California horses have kind of been a big deal, is I just wanted to get your quick read, although it's not your assignment to uh, cover them specifically, on uh, Mendelssohn and Gronkowski. Well, I, you know, I thought Mendelssohn's race was sensational. I, I think everybody had to be dazzled by it. Uh, 106 buyer speed figure and just pulverized his competition. And we saw what kind of class he had last fall when he won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. The question with with him was, was he going to transfer that form to the dirt? He is a half-brother to Beholder and into Mischief. And they were obviously very good dirt horses, you know, Beholder being a four-time Eclipse Award winner. And he looked like he belonged on the dirt all along the way he won that race. So uh, he's world-class connections with Aiden O'Brien as his trainer and Ryan Moore as his jockey. So I think it's a pretty, uh, I think he's going to be a pretty formidable main player in the Kentucky Derby. So Gronkowski to me is, is really one of the real rank outsiders for the Derby, John. He got in through that carve out that Churchill Downs has through that seven race European road to the Derby series. And he's his race, for instance, the other day that, made him the point leader as a straightaway mile on synthetic against really suspect competition at a small track, Newcastle in Northern England. And the difference from that to going against 20 of the best in the, in the world in the Kentucky Derby in a two turn race on dirt in the atmosphere of Churchill Downs. I think it's, it's, it's really, uh, it's really asking a lot, um, but I'm sure he'll be a popular horse just because of his name. <laughs> he will. I have to ask you ask you a question. I think it was Ryan Moore that was on uh, Mendelssohn. Um, why did he ride him so hard in that final furlong? He obviously had the race run. Do you think those were instructions from Aiden O'Brien saying, hey, get him fit for a mile and a quarter? I, I guess. I mean, you'd have to ask him. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not into this speculation game. All right. Well, uh, again, in in your article that I first saw yesterday in in the Daily Racing Forum, you make some great points about uh, the strength of the West Coast. Uh, not only this year, but you you did a little history lo- lesson there, and that uh, you know that. Uh, the Derby in four of the past six years is won by a horse who did his major training in California. I'll have another California Chrome, American Pharaoh, and Nyquist. I mean, you know, that's pretty impressive. And then, of course, you also mentioned the Preakness, in which uh, five of the last eight, looking at Lucky, I'll have another California Chrome, American Pharaoh, and Exaggerator. Um, is this a trend, or is it just kind of a part of the algorithms of racing? Yeah, I, I mean, I think those kinds of things go in ebbs and flows. It's just that it has, for in, in recent years, been. Uh, I, I think when you look at the numbers of horses that are in California compared to the numbers of horses that there are in the other jurisdictions, 
to me, it seems like at least this decade, the California three-year-olds are outpunching their weight class. Uh, there's just the, the numbers of horses in Florida and, or in Oakland or Kentucky or New York uh, or fairgrounds. Uh, you know, that number just dwarfs the California horses, and yet the, the California horses have done well. And the reason I brought it up for coming into this week is because at least going into this week, it seems as though there's a lot of strength in the California horses, particularly with the top two on most people's derby rankings and certainly in the in the future betting of Volta Oro and Justify squaring off in the Santa Anita Derby. So I just thought it was a way to kind of tie all that together and just say, you know, perhaps this trend is going to continue. I don't think that that means that it's going to continue for 10 straight years, but it, it, it looks like there's some pretty strong horses in California, but, you know, you still have horses like Magnum Moon and, and, uh, and Audible and, and Mendelssohn coming over from the UAE Derby. So it's not as though the only good horses are in California, but I just think so far uh, you've got the top two ranked horses for the Derby out here, and you've got a number of horses ship and do well like instilled regard, for instance, winning the Lecompte and blended citizen won the Jeff Ruby, and he's supposed to run in the uh, uh, in the Bluegrass on Saturday. So I just thought it was a way to tie all that together. Another horse that you <laughs> mentioned briefly, who's a horse that I've got on my radar, and uh, I, I, I'm, I'm was my boy Jack. I really thought that where he slid through for his last big win this time. Kent Sormo had to take him outside. I think Kent saw in the final 16th or 60 yards, he wasn't going to get the job done. And he kind of went easy on him. He was way wide, but he looks like a horse that I know he's a grinder, but, you know, the DeSormos are pretty sharp guys. This is a horse that could, could be a sleeper. Yeah, maybe so. I thought he should have finished the last race off a little bit better. Um, I mean, he made that big run and. Uh, he loomed up like he was going to win the Louisiana Derby, and they just kind of didn't punch it through. And not only didn't get the win, but he didn't even finish out, uh, finish lone sailor for second. So I think you're a little higher on his chances than I am right now. <laughs> I am. I just kind of like his name, too. Well, <clears throat> let's face it. The Santa Anita Derby, the uh, cast of characters has changed a little bit uh, with McKenzie on the sideline. I'm sure there's question marks of whether or not he'll even uh, make it to the Triple Crown Trail. You know, we just don't know. This is not the time of year you want to miss training. Nonetheless, <clears throat> that was a great race with Bolt Oro. I'm still a toss-up as to whether or not... Uh, he should have been taken down. I guess I'm a McKenzie fan. But we, we got Bolt the Oro. I'm going to ask you first about him because it's kind of redemption time for him. I really thought he was going to end up being last year's Eclipse Award winner. I mean, he had the one bad race. Well, bad. He finishes third in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. And uh, all of a sudden, Good Magic is crowned champion. Came back, got moved up in the San Felipe. Uh, this is his time to shine. I think Mick Ruiz has said that he was really only about 75% for that race, and he's looking for a bigger effort on Saturday. Right. He, I mean, that's what he said, and he's certainly hoping for an improved effort. But, you know, he, I thought he ran about as well as you could off the layoff, uh, considering he'd missed some training earlier on this winter, and he was running against a top-class horse in McKenzie. And, you know, irrespective of the disqualification, I mean, he was right with McKenzie the whole way down the stretch. So I thought it was a very strong performance. The concern, I think, Saturday would be, did that race take maybe too much out of him? And we won't know that until they run the race and see if he 
improves or regresses or runs about the same, and he's got a formidable opponent in, in Justify. So, uh, but I agree with you. I think he's a top-class horse. He's Via the DQ win, he's now won four times in five starts. The only time he got beat, as you mentioned, was in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, and he took the scenic route that day. So um, he's, he's really never run a bad race, by my mind. Now, now you've been out there. I've only watched this horse uh, on replays and uh, television, um, and, and that's justified. Now, of course, we got the Curse of Apollo, which you pointed out. Uh, oh, yo, wait, wait. Before I get this, has it really been 20 years that we've been observing the Derby Watch between you and Mike? Yes, it is. Wow. I saw a graphic up there, and I'm like, man. They're not that old, and I'm not that old. It's been 20 years. I've, I've always loved that segment. No, we started uh, when we were in sixth grade. Man, it was great. I just loved it. You know, back in the days of print, you remember that, don't you? Uh, <laughs> when you guys would go back and forth and back and forth, it was just fun watching the whole Triple Crown Trail, you guys leading up to the Derby. You know, uh, I, I loved it. It was a great tennis match. But no, nonetheless, it, you, you did mention that talking to Mike uh, yesterday, at least when I viewed it. Um, you know, justify, I mean, he's a gorgeous animal. You know, what does Bob Baffert do if he says, oh, I'm going to send my derby trainees out now? What has he got, like, a dozen horses that hit the track? Uh, This horse is a magnificent-looking horse. Uh, Scat Daddy's been very hot, uh, not maybe known to get mile-and-a-quarter horses, but this horse almost looks like a freak, Jay. What's your read on him? No, he's very highly regarded. He's a big, gorgeous horse, and obviously this will be the biggest test he's had. He's only run twice so far. He beat Maidens and allowance horses and now he's going to run against you know a, a high class horse in Bolt Doro so we'll find out how good he is but he's very well regarded both his races were very good and he's continued to train like a superstar so I think you're going to see him give a good account of himself on Saturday all right well I got uh two minutes to talk to you about the ladies out at the Santa Anita Oaks 400,000 in in the Oaks and uh it looks like Mike Smith is lucky. He just gets all these auditions for what horse he wants to ride in the Derby and the Oaks. And uh, you've been out there. You you saw the uh, Santa Isabel. I probably just slaughtered that name. But, again, it was on a wet, fast, sealed track, which could potentially, we'll see how the weather goes at Santa Anita. Uh, is, uh, is she the one to beat in there, Jay? Are you referring to Midnight Bizu? Thank you. Yes. Okay. I- uh, yeah, I mean, she's definitely going to be favored in the race, and she's uh, emerged as the best three-year-old filly, I think, on the West Coast. And a win there will take her on to the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, there's another filly in the race I, I think has a lot of ability. The question with her is the two turns, and that spectator who came off a long layoff and beat older horses in an allowance race last time. She's never gone two turns, so that this will be the big test for her. But I thought she had a lot of quality last year when she was a two-year-old uh, when she was racing at Del Mar, and uh, I think she's the main threat to Midnight Bizu, but she's going to have to improve to beat Midnight Bizu, who is the deserved favorite in the race. Absolutely. Well, uh, Jay Privman, uh, getting ready to close out this segment. Uh, what do the days ahead hold for you? Just looking forward to a big day of racing on Saturday, John. Got all my preview stuff written already today for the for the Santa Anita Derby, and obviously it's going to be a long uh, day Saturday with the long card at Santa Anita and lots of stuff to keep track of 
around the country with the big races at Aqueduct and, and the Bluegrass. So it's uh, next 48 hours will be a lot of fun. And uh, when do you finally head into the Bluegrass, Jay? I'll get there the Thursday, nine days out from the Kentucky Derby, and then start doing all my preview riding. It's kind of like covering the Super Bowl. It's the the buildup is as much uh, of interest as the race uh, for, uh, for our readers. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, I hope to be there for the works that week, so I look forward <laughs> to crossing paths with you, my friend. So that'll be great. I'll look forward to seeing you, John. All right, we've been talking with award-winning writer, Daily Racing Forum columnist, Jay Privman, giving us the inside track on what's going on on the track on the outside West Coast, Santa Anita. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to be talking to another outstanding handicapper and a guy that's going to have to cover a whole lot of races, and that is none other than Eric Wing. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, we're back on Winning Ponies and back with me, a man who has been no stranger to this show because he's such a comfort to talk to, and that is uh, my friend, none other than Eric Wing. Eric, how are you? Can you hear me? Thanks, John. How are you? It's great to be on with you again. I'm okay. Uh, You know, kind of like you... I'm guessing, who knows, I'm looking at the uh, bro- the uh, forecast for all these races, and uh, it's a little chilly here, and uh, 
they're actually talking about the potential for six inches leading up to the bluegrass stakes. They don't know if it's going to come the night before or the morning of. I mean, you know how predictable weather is, uh, but uh, they've actually pushed back um, the an hour for people getting into the track because they want to make sure that the maintenance crew can clear everything off. And they've also canceled their uh, big uh, party on the hill, uh, you know, that, that they always have because they don't, they're not sure if anybody's going to show up. And they also are delaying things be- for people just to get to the track. Yeah, it sounds like uh, a logistical uh, semi-nightmare anyway. Um, and, and some people might be wondering, well, gee, might they cancel? And uh, aside from the fact that it's a big day um, and these horses are on a schedule to make the Kentucky Derby, I'm talking about the bluegrass horses, obviously, there are other reasons why I think Keeneland is going to move heaven and earth to run this card. Um, not the least of which is the fact that there's a lot of television crew and equipment in um, to televise these races. Um, and so if that's, if the, I don't know if the telecast is originating from Keeneland, but if it is, it, it, they're not going to want to have all that stuff and people in for nothing. So um, anyway, yeah, they have to, it's like some of these baseball games that were snowed out a couple days ago, John. The problem wasn't so much the field as the facility, you know, making it safe for the patrons. And I think that was uh, a big reason why they're delaying the opening of the admission gates. Now, for people like me wagering from afar, it doesn't matter. But I know, you know, the folks in Lexington, they love their Keeneland, even when the weather isn't ideal. So going to be a tough situation but it's a long fun day of racing so it might be a jam getting in but it'll be fun once they do get in even if it is uh snowy absolutely they still sell bergen and burgoo so the people will be just fine once they get undercover so well with that said um probably uh one of the hardest races to handicap uh this saturday that's going to affect uh horses getting into the kentucky derby is uh, the bluegrass stakes, a million dollars on the line. It's a mile and an eighth. Uh, boy, you know, I, I don't know how the weather's going to change things. I know it's certainly not going to hurt Flame Away at 6-1, to one, who uh, has already won at Keeneland on the slop and is coming out of a troubled Tampa Bay Derby. Uh, then you have last year's two-year-old champion that might have a few question marks around him, and that is good magic. you got to admit, uh, his fountain of youth was uh, almost a, a dull effort. Uh, Jose Ortiz isn't giving up on the Chad Brown trainee, who uh, looks like he's training lights out coming into this race. But he really kind of needs to turn his fortunes around with only four lifetime starts. He, he needs a top effort in here. And uh, after after you know mentioning him, it, it's everybody else. I mean, uh, you've got a, a couple million dollar horses in here. Marconi cost two million dollars. I mean, uh, this is a wide, wide open race. Were you able to handicap this in any way, shape, or form, Eric Wing? Yeah, I agree with all of the above. John and Flameaway's two for two over the wet. Um, 
he he did lose to Quip, but I think that was a good effort in, in Flame Away. I like the mud more than Quip does, if indeed the track is wet. Um, and that, that Flame Away win was not only at Keeneland, but going two turns from a, a bad post at Keeneland. So it might be similar conditions Saturday. Good Magic to me, is a little tough to bet on. Not that he can't win. He's obviously got good credentials, but um, he's, he, that post-11 is going to do him no favors, and so it's, it's a tall order at a short price, which is not usually a good combination. Also, I saw Travis Stone posted on Twitter uh, a formulator stat, that, a trainer stat that doesn't uh, instill confidence with good magic, that Chad Brown is four for 34, second off the layoff uh, in graded stake dirt races going long with, a, with an anemic ROI. So um, maybe he's not the bet, at least not this Saturday. Um, uh, I'm with you. I, I, I'm sort of a Marconi fan only because I, I, the horse is green, and at some point, John, the light bulb's going to go on. I don't know if it'll be Saturday or down the line, but... A little interesting that uh, Ryan Moore uh, draws the riding assignment, and he, yeah, he, he, uh, Marconi was one of the few horses, incidentally, who closed ground in the Fountain of Youth. For what that's worth, I am interested in number four, Kansaka, um, who I, I think, without much question, exits the best race behind McKenzie and Bolt Doro. Um, either of whom would probably be odds-on on this field, at least if McKenzie were healthy. Um, and two back is, is, is a race faster than these. So to me, uh, Kansaka is very interesting for Jerry Hollendorfer. Um, FYI, Machismo might scratch because of the bad post I read. Um, the other, you know, I'm going to mention two others because when you said there, there's good magic and, and flame away and then a bunch of others, two of the bunch of others that I think are worth noting are number one, Zing Zang who uh, was on the wrong part of the track in his last two races, 30-1 to from the rail for Atkinson. And number eight, Gotta gotta Go, who was beaten a little bit by good magic, um, but was also on the wrong part of the track. Two back was a very good close behind strike power going shorter, good wet track pedigree. And, you know, when when good magic goes off around 5-2 to and Gotta Go goes off more like 52-1, to um you know, I gotta like, gotta go a little bit. Well, you know, you know, when when I, when I look at these three-year-old prep races, the question comes to being, and I don't know, maybe they'll make a line on this in Vegas. Who's going to have more horses in the starting gate on the first Saturday in May? Todd Pletcher, Bob Baffert, or Tappet? Or Tappet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you may, I, we may have to throw uh, Scat Daddy in there, the way he's been going lately, too. Um, but, uh, well, Baffert's always a safe bet. You know, Pletcher is, uh, has got his, too. Um, yeah, no, uh, fair enough. And uh, I, I guess not so much with respect to the sires, but certainly with respect to the trainers, it's just continuing a trend that's, perhaps troubling to some, but that's with so many of the top trainers um, having larger and larger barns and therefore commandeering um, the, the best talent. It's, uh, 
Well, it's maybe not the best scenario, especially if you're not if if you're in the training business, but not at the very highest level. Absolutely. Well, it's got to be interesting because these guys are done keeping their horses out of each other's way after this week. I mean, uh, they're all going to have to, you know, end up at at, at Churchill. Uh, on the first Saturday in May and uh, training up to it the weeks before. Well, um, let's go back to your neighborhood, uh, the Wood Memorial, a great race in its own right. Um, it's a grade two right now, but 750000 on the line. Um, and, you know, there's horses in here that look like they're going to maybe be the next best thing, but are they one-turn horses? And the one I've got to ask about this is Enticed, uh, who's named after a former Ohio bred uh, stakes winner. I don't know why, but uh, nonetheless, uh, Kira McLaughlin, that was an impressive race in the Gotham. If you're looking at the buyer numbers, looks like the best buyer number, uh, you know, coming into this race. And then you've got Baffert shows up, and you don't never know what he's got in the barn with this restoring hope, kind of a little bit of a mystery horse right there. Yeah, and um, you summed up Enticed very nicely. He's the gaudy buyer figure horse coming out of the Gotham, the win in the Gotham, a one-turn race. Um, his race in the Holy Bull, he was pretty much trashed by Audible um, going the two turns. You know, did he have an off day that day, or is he more of a one-turn horse? That's the question uh, that he'll be faced with at, at the wood. Incidentally, John, you talked about the snow at Keeneland. There's supposed to be snow in New York as well. Um, more of a wet snow. It may not accumulate. It, uh, you know, it's not going to cause for any delays in opening the gates or anything like that. But, um, but there's... It's odd there's going to be snow at both uh, New York, uh, you know, Aqueduct and and Keeneland, and also wet weather in Santa Anita potentially. So it's sort of a mess of a day, uh, meteorologically speaking. Um, Restoring hope, very interesting. The thing I'll I'll add to this is, um, uh, I can't remember if it was Ahmed or Justin Zayat, I think it was Ahmed, who uh, mentioned on Twitter that he wanted to send Solomini to the wood, and Baffert talked him into sending him to, to Oakland instead for the next week's Arkansas Derby. Uh-huh. Well, you figure if Baffert did that, um, whether he told Zayad or not, he probably had another horse in mind for the wood, and voila, here's restoring hope. So, And, and you notice that jockey Flavian Pratt comes comes east for that mount. So he is certainly, uh, just on reputation alone from Baffert, is one to be uh, reckoned with. Uh, And West Coasters have done okay in this race. Uh, Trojan Nation a few years ago um, came from out of nowhere to run a close second as a maiden. Uh, There's another West Coaster I'm a little interested in, and that's right at the rail, Heart Full of Stars, a Phil D'Amato recent maiden breaker, but it did it in the slop last out at Santa Anita, getting a big pace figure. I think he's better than his buyer indicates, um, and if he can stretch it out another furlong, he doesn't have to have the lead. I think he might be tracking old-time revival, but I think he's a lot better than his morning line odds may suggest, as is number three evaluator, also a 20-to-1 on the morning line, getting blinkers for the first time. 
Uh, if it sounds like I'm throwing out a lot of long shots to you, John, I am, yeah. and that's in part because, like perhaps you, I'm not all that sold on enticed. No, no, no. You, you have to. You have to. Uh in the Wood Memorial. All right, well, my producer's telling me it's time to take a quick break, catch our breath, and we come back. I'm going to yin-yang again, uh, this time um, with the ladies and the gazelle and the Ashland. We're talking with Eric Wing from Horace Turney's. Going to take a little bit of a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. And with me, my guest and good friend, Eric Wing. Eric, uh... Once again, thanks for turning me on to Bob Montgomery. Uh, he was an excellent guest uh, last week. Uh, he, he was giving me some long shot plays, and while not every one of them won, almost every one of them hit the board if you were playing exotics and listening to this show. Um, so how did your big tournament go, and is there anything coming up this week? Oh, yeah. Um, the big tournament last week went great. The winner was Anthony Lorino from the racing hotbed of Clayton, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. And he won uh, $40,500 in, in our $101,000 game last Saturday. We normally take time between our, our, these big money games to let them breathe a little bit. But this is such a big weekend, we're going right back at it with a, uh, a $75,000 game. Um, with with fifty thousand guaranteed, um, so it's it's an up to seventy five thousand dollar game, fifty thousand dollars guaranteed at horse tourneys this weekend. On on twelve races, they're all stakes: six through ten at Aqueduct, six, eight, nine, ten at Keeneland, and four, six, nine at Santa Anita. So twelve stakes races will comprise that contest. We purposely left turf racing out because the weather looks to be so crummy at all three. But um, uh, join in and play, 
and um, we got all kinds of qualifiers as well this weekend to the NHC and BCBC and the big one and, and way more than that. So go to horsetourneys.com, check it out, play for cash, play for um, contest seats, and maybe you'll be like Anthony Larino and, uh, and uh, cashing in big at the, end of the, at the end of the weekend. Absolutely. There's probably nothing else to do down there where he lives except handicap horses. So <laughs> congratulations that, to him. Me. I did, I did, I did, I did. Yeah, I'll have all kinds of mail from people from Carolina coming at me. Uh, well, a- anyhow, uh, we got to start eliminating horses uh, for, uh, for, for the Oaks. And again, Keeneland. Don't know how much the weather's going to affect things. Now, the big favorite in the Central Bank Ashland is going to be Manamoy Girl, if I'm saying that right. Trained by Brad Cox, who just had a really good meet uh, down at the fairgrounds. And this is a horse that just uh, consistent speed figures. I really think the last race, if the horse didn't hit the gate and go four wide, and then I guess it shied from a whip in the stretch, but still got the job done in the Rachel Alexandra. Um, Not bad for its return race. And uh, uh, the wonder Frenchman, Florent Giroux, will be back in the saddle. now, Now she's placed down in that one hole, but again, she had an excuse because if you look at her career uh, PPs, she's always been able to make the lead by not a whole lot. I mean, she kind of rates well on the lead with a horse at her throat latch. I think if she makes the lead, uh, she's, she's going to be tough in here, even though she's had no wet track experience. Yeah, I have nothing really interesting to, to offer or add in this race, John. I think Monomoy Girl is, is obvious. Um, the, the merits are obvious, and, and Giroux sticks with her over Eskimo Kisses, who we rode last time in the fairgrounds, Oaks. I will say, though, that um, just as a wagering proposition, I'm going to play Eskimo Kisses um, maybe in a cold exacta with Monomoy Girl, although if Monomoy Girl is odds-on, I may just bet Eskimo Kisses to win. Um, uh, if you look too back, she freaked on a wet track, Eskimo Kisses did. I'm assuming that's what she's going to get on Saturday, whereas, as you pointed out, Monomoy Girl has never been on a wet track, isn't all that well-bred for it. Um, so, uh, and also, Eskimo Kisses, to me, is as fast as Monomoy Girl. So if they're... If if Eskimo kisses is two to one and Monomoy girls four to five, get, give me Eskimo kisses and you can have Monomoy girl. Uh, and and CS in charge is the main speed, but I don't think is in in the class of the first two. So um, anyway, it, it, it it's not the most uh, intriguing race of the of the weekend, but it certainly does have Kentucky Oaks implications. It, it does, and I think the other. A horse maybe you want to keep in your your tries is uh andina del sur uh tom abletrani trainee i noticed julian lee peru was in the irons last time rallied from ninth on the turf mind you uh but uh, was pretty impressive through the final 16th and got up by a head i like when they put the word surged in the trouble line and the horse was able to rate uh, i mean aside from uh monomoy girl and cs in charge uh, doesn't seem to be a whole lot of speed. Could be Trifosha on the outside. I'm just thinking it's the horse that 
you know, I, I, I like uh, after listening to so many of these handicappers um, from the contest, they look for horses to do something they've never done before. And it's interesting, guys. I've heard that from more than one of these guys that have won the big contest, Eric, including Bob Montgomery. And uh, here's a horse going from the turf to a main track and to see how that applies because they say often you'll get good odds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and odds are everything. Like if, if you, you take a horse like Andina Del Sur, to, to me is a total surprise package in here. Um, if, whether you're playing straight up or in a contest, these are horses that would intrigue you at, at 10, 12 to 1 or more. Um, under 8 to 1, uh, it's the type of horse you, I think you might be inclined to let beat you. But, um, you know, Giants Causeway out of a sing-spiel mare, I'm not sure that screams dirt. But, um, you know, we'll see how good Monomoy Girl and Eskimo Kisses are. Um <laughs> You know, it, it, when, once you get past those two, you are sort of left with uh, guessing on a turf horse in, in terms of coming up with a with an alternative. All right, Eric Wing, we got about a minute left, going a mile and eighth in the Gazelle for Phillies short field. Who comes to the top? Uh, much more interesting race, I think, than the uh, than the Ashland from a handicapping standpoint. I'll just say that if you watch the uh, replay of the Busher that uh, number six, My Miss Lily, in this race was really moving well throughout and, in fact, looked like she was going to just win maybe even easily at the top of the stretch, but had all kinds of trouble in the lane and had, had some slight steadying on the back stretch. So I think uh, My Miss Lily is the, uh, the, the horse whose form is well hidden. Didn't even get really much of a trouble line comment out of it, which surprised me. Midnight Disguise is pretty obvious. She's a big lumbering filly that who knows if that style will translate when the track is sloppy. And Sarah Street had no excuse last time, but is bred to go wet and go long. But I do like my Miss Lily in the, uh, in the gazelle. All right. Well, that's the inside skinny from one Eric Wing. Eric, thanks for taking the time out of your always busy day to join us. I love having you on as a guest and uh, wish you and the folks at Horse Tourneys nothing but the best. Thank you, John. Same to you and yours, and it's always my pleasure to be on with you. All right. Stay dry. Well, I want to thank Eric Wing. I also want to thank Jay Privman. I want to thank my producer, Josh. We've had some uh, interesting internet experience tonight, but I think we got the job done. So a uh, big Saturday. Go to Winning Ponies. Pull down the easy win forms. Hope you have a slew of winners. Remember, when you do go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. It's staff and management. Is email an important part of your business? It is for us. 
That's why Voice America partners with MailJet. MailJet lets us create impactful newsletters and deliver them right to the inbox fast. Microsoft, MIT, and Avis trust MailJet for their emailing, and so should you. Go to MailJet.com and use the promo code VOICEAMERICA to start emailing for free today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, 